Hello and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace and we're here to inspire, educate, and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We're going to be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture, and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button so you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Today is Wednesday, January 17th, and uh, it's mid-morning. I'm getting ready to go into the Capitol today to see uh, just what is going on there. Uh, There's a couple of hearings that I want to go to, and uh, then we'll just keep tabs on what's happening, uh, probably mostly on the Senate floor. But before I go, I wanted to um, just check in with you guys, give you a little bit of an update about uh, what happened last week, if you don't already know. Um, If you're following closely, you probably have already heard. But just a follow-up on last week's podcast, um, you know, they did have a um, big conversation, uh, I guess we could call it, uh, on the Senate floor last week about the Senate rules. And um, Senator Eigel and the new Missouri Freedom Caucus Um, wanted to make a rule change um, that would allow them more time to read the bills, especially the omnibus bills, the big ones that are um, dropped as Senate substitutes. And that's pretty much in the weeds for those of you who aren't really familiar with the process. But the gist is, um, oftentimes, as these bills are coming through, especially toward the end of session when it's really just chaos, um, purposeful chaos. Uh, all these big bills get dropped at the last minute, and the truth is nobody's actually reading them. They're trusting what people are telling them about what's in the bills. Maybe they know a little bit about what's in the bills. Maybe they've promised something to a lobbyist or a friend, or maybe even there's you know a few things that they truly believe in and want to support. But when the bill turns out to be nearly 200 pages long with, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus subjects in the bill, um, you only have one vote. So you're either going to vote yes or you're going to vote no. And um, even if there's one or two things in the bill that you support and that you believe in, there's potentially 30, 40 other things in the bill that are harmful. And that's what happens with these omnibus bills. Um, They don't have time to read the whole things. So they're voting yes on just a portion of something that they like. And that's really by design. That's why they create the omnibus bill so they can collect all the yes votes and pass all the lobbyist sludge. But um, so what our Freedom Caucus was asking for was for more time to read. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, They did take a vote on that rule change and only seven Missouri senators voted in favor of giving, allowing more time uh, there at the end of the process to read the bill. And um, I am considering this actually a win, which might surprise you because I also wanted more time for them to read. The bills, I just want them to read the bills. Um, The truth is, I believe that a better rule change, even than giving them more time to read the bills, would be um, for them to have a rule in place 
that where they are only allowed to pass single subject bills. Uh, that's what the Constitution actually says. Now, there is court precedence for um, some leniency with that, but it really gets taken advantage of. And so I think the real rule change that would make the biggest difference truly is to say we're just not going to pass. It is not okay to pass these multi-subject bills um, that truly are in line with the heart and the intent of the founders and the, of the Missouri Constitution. So um, I think that's a better rule change anyway, but the reason that I think we still have a win, even though the rule change didn't go through, um, let's see, and I can tell you who all voted for it here. Uh, we had seven yes votes, and um, this rule change that they voted on would have required two legislative days before passing omnibus bills. Now, legislative days aren't necessarily 24 hours. Um, even if they gavel in for 15 minutes and then they're done, and that does happen, it happens fairly often. It happened yesterday because of the weather. Um, so if they gavel in at all, um, even for 10 or 15 minutes, that is considered a legislative day. So in a case like that, you know, possibly two legislative days aren't real meaningful, but it still does um, put things, um, it still does give you that time. So if today they only have, um, you know, 15 minutes, uh, that's still a legislative day and the next legislative day wouldn't be till tomorrow when they gavel in. So um, the rule was the, uh, to require two legislative days before passing the omnibus bills. And these are the senators who voted yes. So these are the senators who were in support of having more time to read the bills. Senator Rick Bratton, Senator Ben Brown, Senator Jill Carter, Bill Eigel, Denny Hoskins, Mike Moon, Nick Schroer. Everyone else was a no. All of the other Republicans and all of the Democrats were a no. So the vote was seven. Um, well, there's 34. So seven to 27. Uh, seven senators voted yes to allow more time to read and vet omnibus bills. 23 voted no. We must have had some senators that didn't vote. Arthur didn't vote. May didn't vote. Um, Coleman, Mary Elizabeth didn't vote, neither did Carla Esslinger. So we had four senators who did not vote at all, and uh, then seven yeses and the rest were noes. So the reason that I'm calling this a win, though, is because in the process of this unfolding on the floor um, and the conversations they had, their public conversations, we can go back and get the recordings of them, but the conversations they had on the floor is that the reason they weren't in support of this rule change was because the senators already had the power to slow the process down, and they do that by standing up. They do that by standing up and um, inquiring, asking questions, possibly filibustering. Um, and that's true. It is actually true that our senators have the ability to slow this process down anytime that they want. Any one senator can stand, and this is what's the biggest difference between the Senate and the House, they can stand and speak. They are, they must be allowed to speak. And uh, so they can stand and speak as long as they want to. And in that way, they could slow the process down to give more time for the reading of the bills. 
Now, I think this is a win because this was actually voiced by Senate leadership, Caleb Rowden, um, on the floor. Now, Caleb also admitted that he doesn't read the bills. He usually just reads the summaries. And by the way, I've read lots of bill summaries. And um, on many, many more than just one occasions, the summaries have been incorrect. Um, so it is just good business that somebody is actually reading the contents of the bill. So um, they admitted on the Senate floor, from Caleb did, um, leadership, he admitted that, you know, he's really only just reading the summaries and he's trusting other people to give him the correct information about the contents. Um, and repeatedly, it was said, we don't need a rule change because we already have the ability to slow things down. And that is true. So what's good about that is that they said it in public. Now we can hold them accountable to their word. What has happened in the past is that leadership, um, when our more conservative senators have tried to stand and ask questions or stand and filibuster or stand and create more time, um, they get told to sit down. And that's literal. Uh, they literally get told by Senate leadership, uh, probably more so uh, Cindy O'Loughlin is majority floor leader. She runs the floor um, more so than Caleb. But um, they literally get told to sit down. They get asked, what are you doing? And they get asked that because, you know, they do all of this strategizing and meeting and planning in the back room and they decide what's going to happen out on the floor and they don't like for things not to go according to plan. So um, they get really frustrated when, um, you know, things aren't going the way that they want them to, that they've planned them out. It's really a lot of kabuki theater uh, because they they literally do plan everything and then they just go out on the floor and do what they've already planned and what you're seeing on the floor oftentimes isn't true debate. Um, it just isn't. So when our conservatives would stand up, they would get told to sit down. And, you know, you could ask, well, do they have to obey? Well, no, they don't. But, you know, if they don't, then there are repercussions and, um, you know, to be paid. There's consequences for them uh, not making leadership happy. That's part of the process problems we have um, because, leadership has so much power. And um, so I'm calling it a win because now not only can we hold uh, leadership accountable to their word and actually encouraging these guys, hey, listen, you can already do this. You can stand up anytime you want to go ahead and stand up. Now we can actually hold our conservatives to that also. Um, they have been given permission basically by Senate leadership to stand up and use as much time as they need to make sure that these bills are read and understood. So that's what we are expecting of the Freedom Caucus, of our conservatives. We're expecting them to stand. And um, and in that way, when you start to hear the, uh, the news, you know, headlines and things calling these guys obstructionists, you know, that that is just a lie. And um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just the narrative that the GOP uh, would like for you to believe that they're obstructionists, that they're the ones causing all the problems. Well, the truth is they're the only ones actually trying to make sure that uh, somebody reads the bills and that we're actually passing uh, legislation that supports the Republican platform, that um, upholds the Constitution, and things like that. 
So um, I'm calling it a win. I know that uh, we would have preferred for the rule to pass, but I'm still calling it a win. And now as citizens, as believers, it's our responsibility and our duty to hold them to their word. You know, um, scripture says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And um, that's what we need to hold our legislators accountable to. So I'm expecting to see a lot of standing, a lot of reading, even on the floor, a lot of more discussion on the floor. Um, and hopefully this process will uh, slow down because we do have we do have senators who are aware and who are who are trying their best, I do believe in most circumstances to uh, fight for freedom and liberty here in Missouri. So I'm going to give you those names again of the ones who voted yes. So when you see these names out and about, some of them are running for office. Uh, these are the guys I would be supporting um, in future elections. So we're talking about Senator Rick Bratton. He is running for re-election over in Cass County. Um, he is up for re-election. The senators serve two four-year terms. And so be praying for Senator Bratton and his team. Um, over um, they're just south of Kansas City over in Cass County. Then we've got Ben Brown, um, Senator Brown. He was just voted into office in 22, so he still has a few more years before he has to run again. But Senator Jill Carter, she's in the same boat. She'll be here another couple of years. Senator Eigel, of course, is running for governor. And, you know, I'm excited to see what Senator Eigel does this session, I believe, that we can see, that we can expect to see him truly standing and fighting even more so than he did last year. Um, I believe that in the governor's race, he is the most conservative on the ticket. And so I will be supporting um, Governor Eigel in that race. And um, I would encourage you to seriously pray about doing that as well. Uh, Senator Denny Hoskins is running for Secretary of State. He was a yes vote. He's from over in the Warrensburg area. And Senator Hoskins is not the most conservative of our conservative senators, but he is a fighter. He does, um, he is more, definitely more conservative than the moderates. And, uh, you know, there are a couple issues that Hoskins and I probably don't agree on, but I still love that Senator Hoskins is on our team and I am a big supporter of Senator Hoskins. So on the Secretary of State ticket, um, in the primary in August, I would highly encourage you to vote for Senator Hoskins. Mike Moon is um, the most conservative senator I would say that we have. He um, is so principled, he will not budge on his uh, oath to the Constitution, and I love that about him. He's also running for re-election, and I would definitely support Senator Moon. And Senator Nick Schroer voted yes. He is also a new senator, so you won't see him on a on a ticket um, for a couple of years, I don't believe. So those are our yes votes. And even though the vote didn't go our way, I'm still calling it a win. I'm excited. I feel like this um, actually gives our conservatives cover to actually do more of the fighting and standing that they should have been doing in the first place. So I'm calling it a win. As far as this week moving forward, today I'm headed to an education hearing at one o'clock. And there's a really important education bill being heard. Um, it is sponsored by Senator Jill Carter. And it basically um, is an effort to push DESE, the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, push them and their regulations back out of Missouri public schools. And hopefully I can have Senator Carter on the 
podcast to talk to you about that and give you some more details about that bill. Um, but we believe that um, education freedom, let's call it, needs to start with our public schools. Let's create a system where our schools are more free to serve their local um, community in the way that they would choose to and not be so regulated, definitely not be tied to the MAP test in regard to their funding and their accreditation. Um, that MAP test process is all a mess. And so we'll talk about that more later, but uh, that bill has a hearing today at one o'clock and I'll be in that hearing. There are some other hearings as well today that I probably will try to get to. And then I will hope, I hope to be in the gallery watching the Senate floor action today. You can listen to the Senate action um, online. You can listen live. And um, I'm working on providing you some tools that'll help you do that a little bit more efficiently so that you can know who's speaking. Um, when the downside to the Senate is that they don't video, it's only audio. Um, in the House, you can actually watch uh, video, but in the Senate so far, they do not provide um, video. And I would that's another change I would like for them to make. But so far, we only have audio, uh, which means most of you probably need a little help to figure out, you know, which senator. They can't say their names on the Senate floor, so you don't always know which senator is speaking unless you're more familiar with them, their voices, or their district numbers. So um, I'm working on a little tool that'll help you do that, but... Um, we do have a lot of legislation that we're watching, uh, a lot of legislation that's very concerning um, in regard to your freedom and your liberty. Um, one of them it has to do with um, election authority, the election authority, and um, how they're trying to protect what they're calling it is, you know, protecting people's privacy. But um, this is a topic we really need to talk about. We saw... We saw them make an effort to um, protect even um, all of the state uh, level elected ele officials, the General Assembly, um, insofar as what they're calling it uh, privacy protection. But what it truly is, I believe, is a division creating um, really two different tiers of people. They're wanting to protect them from people who would be harassing or you know, whatever, but depending on the language, it was very invasive um, and really overstepping into First Amendment rights of the people. So we're going to be watching that. I'll talk more about that later. Um, that bill has a hearing. It was either yesterday or today. Um, and it's it was filed by Senator Sandy Crawford and Representative Peggy McGaw on the House side. So they've got pretty much identical language floating around both both sides of the building and um, when things start to move this early uh, they did pass that language for the judges last year and this is what we tend to see happen they do one thing one year a little bit more the next year a little bit more than the next year so last year we did get it stopped um, we were able to stop that language from passing <clears throat> except for the judges um, so the judges did get an extra measure of protection we didn't feel too bad about that, um, but that's where it needs to stop. And everybody else is already protected um, from harassment and things like that um, with laws that we already have in place. So we'll talk more about that, but there's definitely a long, long list of things that we're watching. So do be sure that you subscribe 
subscribe here to the podcast, subscribe to the blog. And if you really, really love what we're doing, um, you know, coming to you with truth from a biblical worldview and um, also weaving in scripture and talking about uh, the duty that that believers, that Christians have to um, work, to defend, um, to protect our freedom, our liberty, uh, get involved in government, get involved in the things that are happening around us in our culture. That is our duty, I believe, as a believer, um, is to get involved, to understand, and to participate uh, for the purpose of um, protecting freedom and liberty, which was given to us by God, and um, and for the benefit of upholding biblical values and the world around us. So um, if you love what we do here Uh, I would love for you to come alongside us and um, support us. We have a private membership for our uh, supporters, for our financial supporters. We are a 501c3 registered uh, nonprofit faith-based organization now. So all of your donations and your contributions are tax deductible. If you would love to come alongside and um, help us keep this going, we would love to have your support. So I would love to have you come along. We have a prayer team uh, that I correspond with sometimes multiple times a day, depending on what's happening on the inside. So you've got up to date, um, pretty much play by play information inside that membership. And I'd love to have you join us. So if you're interested in that, check out the website, jodygrace.com and find the tab at the top called the sword and trowel. So I hope that you guys have a wonderful day. I hope to be back here um, very, very soon and give you an update about the education hearing, um, some of these other bills that we're watching, and um, so that you can be praying, first of all, so that you can share the information with your friends and neighbors and um, so that you can get involved. So hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for being here with me. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you found it beneficial and valuable. I'd really encourage you in the next few days to pick up your Bible and grab the practical tools you need to arise and build. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the blog at jodygrace.com. I'll see you soon.